we have spent the past eight weeks, in fact, looking at what we believe in the Salvation Army as doctrines, but they're also basic biblical truths. They may be the doctrinal beliefs of the Salvation Army as a church, but they're doctrinal beliefs that hold true to the Christian church. And so no matter what denomination, church, or identity you may identify with as a Christian, this is what we believe. And so we spent some time reviewing them. We are now eight weeks into it. We started with Doctrine 1. We believe that the scriptures of the Old and New Testament were given by inspiration of God and that they only constitute the divine rule of Christian faith and practice. We believe in the Bible. That the Bible is from God and the Bible is here to teach us, to tell us how to live our lives. Right? Mm -hmm. Number two. We believe that there is only one God who is infinitely perfect, the creator, preserver, and governor of all things, and who is the only proper object of religious worship. We are not here by accident. We are here by divine design. God has created us, his people in his image, and he is the only one who is worthy of our worship, of our adoration, of our praise. We believe that there are three persons in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, undivided in essence and co-equal in power and glory. We sum it all up with one word. Trinity. We believe in the Trinity. We believe that the person of Jesus Christ, the divine and human natures were united so that he is truly and properly God and truly and properly man. He was God. He was with God. So John 1.1 1, 1 tells us, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and he was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made, right? But then he came to earth. While he was God, he was also man. Doctrine 4 is very important. Because when we get to 6, it counts. Doctrine 5 says we believe that our parents were created in a state of innocency. But by their disobedience, they lost their purity and happiness, and that in consequence of their fall, all men have become sinners totally depraved, and as such are justly exposed to the wrath of God. Have any messed up? They were perfect. They had the opportunity to be perfect. They had the perfect lives. Not what we perceive as perfect, but outright perfect. They also had free will, and in their free will, they bought into lies. They gave into temptation. And because of their fall, we are all fallen. We're all sinners. We all sin. 
because of sin, we have been exposed to the wrath of God. The wages of sin is what? Death. But there's hope. You see, this is where four and five come together. We believe that the Lord Jesus Christ has by his suffering and death made an atonement for the whole world. So that whosoever will may be saved. Jesus, divinely human, you know, God and man, would sacrifice his life on the cross for us. It's important for us to understand he was both God and he was also man, because that's what that sacrifice means so much. You know, it's one thing when you have someone gifted in something and they can handle this thing really easy, right? It's another thing when someone not gifted with that same talent tries to do it, right? We had someone who was a violinist come up and play this wonderful song, and then we just invited anyone else to come up and play it. Is it going to sound the same? Is it going to matter? It's important for us to understand that while Jesus was God, he was also man. Because when we talk about being like Jesus and modeling ourselves after him, we need to make sure that we understand that he was human just as we are human, and that that is not an unachievable goal. We can't do it on our own. We can do it through him. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But it's something that can happen because he was human just like we are human. Number seven, we believe that repentance towards God, faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, and regeneration by the Holy Spirit are necessary to salvation. We repent of our old ways of sin. believe that the blood of Jesus has washed us clean. And we have allowed the Holy Spirit to come in and make us a new creation. We are dead to our former selves. The old has gone, the new has come, right? All things we read about in the scripture. Eight, we believe that we are justified by grace through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, and he that believeth has a witness in himself. We have been made right by our faith. And when we believe that, we have the witness, the ability to share it with others. And number nine, we believe that continuance in the state of salvation depends upon continued obedient faith in Christ. We are sinners. Because of that, what do you think we're going to keep doing? Sinning. You know? A little here and a little there. Sometimes we may not even think about it. That's why we've been justified by grace through faith. When we repent of our sins, no matter how many times we feel like we have to repent, each a new day, right? Each time we miss up, every time we make a mistake, every time we may give a temptation, no matter how slight that given is, we have the opportunity to be able to repent. receive his grace and mercy. And then finally, number 10, what we're going to look at today. 
it is the privilege of all believers to be wholly sanctified and that their whole spirit and soul and body may be preserved blameless since the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll read that over one more time. Just let it sink in. We believe that it is the privilege of all believers. So who? Everyone. To be wholly sanctified. And that their whole spirit and soul and body may be preserved blameless into the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about the day when he returns in all his glory, right? But what in the world do we talk about when we are talking about holy sanctified? And that our whole spirit, soul, and body are to be preserved blameless. Holiness. We know that we are called to be holy. The Bible tells us very clearly. God tells us, be holy as I am holy, right? less than stellar past. How many of you guys have made a mistake? How many of you guys have ever messed up? How many of you have ever said something you regret? Just keep your hands up as I go through the list. How many of you have ever hurt someone's feelings but didn't mean to because you said something mean? How many of you have ever lied? Your hand is not up, then raise it now because you just told your first one. <laughs> now, if you answer just to any of those, have your hands up. Take a look around. Everyone's hand is up, right? horrible in the past happened, either to you, through you, or you have done it. Yeah? How many of you have been hurt by someone? Deep scars hurt. And how many of you may have hurt someone leaving deep scars? noticed a change in you after Jesus. How many 
noticed a change yourself in you after Jesus? Your actions, your thoughts, your deeds, they changed, right? You noticed it. Other people noticed it, right? found someone and something. 
He found God. He found the Bible. And because of that, he was able to break the chains of sin. The examples he had seen in his family, even as a child. He was delivered. Or there's the story of Susan. Never knew who her father was. Until she was an adult. By then, she wished she didn't leave me meet him. Her mother had married someone else, and her stepfather was abusive. She suffered from depression. But then she met someone. Christ. And through him, she became so much more. A minister. A mother. A loving mother loving and faithful wife. How many of you have a similar story? Your lives were going off the rails. And then you met someone. Christ. And you were changed. We believe that it is the privilege of all believers to be wholly sanctified. And that their whole Spirit and soul and body would be preserved blameless, can become and be holy as God is holy. But just like we've seen in these stories, these illustrations of people who were changed by Christ. God came into their lives, we don't have to do it on our own. It is a continual process. Just like we said, continuance in the state of salvation depends on continued obedient faith. So does our growth towards holiness. We don't do it alone. Regeneration by the Holy Spirit, right? Regeneration, becoming a new creation. 
Salvation saves us. It changes us. It redeems us. It delivers us from death. But the regeneration, holiness, is after we saved. After we have been delivered. And comes when we change. And when we continue to change. The Holy Spirit will work through those who are available to Him. Everybody, He says, it's the privilege of all believers, right? Everybody has that opportunity. William Booth, at age 19, is recorded saying, God shall have all there is of William Booth. So, what did he have to offer at age 15? Age 15, in fact. What did he have to offer at age 15? What did you have to offer at age 15? Had you graduated high school yet? No. Did you have any employable skills? No. Could you have gone out and got a job and supported a family? late talent, but no more than thousands of other 15-year-olds out there. So what makes William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, special? His faith. He offered himself to have all there is of me. The word for offering your whole self to God is called consecration. It means offering yourself as a living sacrifice. Look at Romans chapter 12. We are urged in the Bible to do the very same thing. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 1, says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. For this is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Offer yourselves up as a living sacrifice. Look over to 1 Peter. Rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to Him, 
You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. sound familiar from what we've been talking about. 
May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Remember I said, you know, we're looking at the doctrines of the Salvation Army with their basic Christian biblical truths, right? Chapter 5, verse 23, basically said what we've been talking about, didn't it? Our whole spirit, soul, and body will be made blameless. We will be holy. Set apart for God to use. Look back at 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm going to just pick up in the message paraphrase we were looking at, but if you want to follow along where you're at, we know that God's going to change us. He's going to deliver us. What we need to understand is that He is also going to set us apart for His will. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people. God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him to tell others the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something from rejected to accepted. Chosen for a higher purpose set apart Be different. And then to tell others of that difference and to tell them why you're different. Remember we talked about it earlier. How many of you had noticed you were different after you had met Christ, right? How many had others had noticed and commented on that difference? Now, did you ever tell them why? There's something different about you and we don't know what it is. Did you tell him what it was? Did you tell him it was Jesus? He will set us apart to purify us. 1 John chapter 3. Starting in verse 2, it says, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. 
the last part of our doctrine says, until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John 3, 2 mentions that, right? We are waiting for his return. The message says it this way. But friends, it's exactly who we are. Children of God. And that's only the beginning. Who knows how we'll end up? What we know is that when Christ is openly revealed, we shall see him. And in seeing him, become like him. All of us who took, who look forward to his coming, stay ready. With the glistening purity of Jesus' life as a model of our own. What does holiness mean? Well, it means to be like Jesus. To live a life set apart from the standards of the world. We are living in a society where things that were unmentionable 50 years ago are considered appropriate and normal now. thing was is they were unmentionable 50 years ago because they were they are mentioned in the Bible as things to avoid and things not to do but we are not called to sit in a place of judgment what we are called is to sit in a place set apart by the examples we lead in our lives if we want to tell people that they can be saved from sin, if we want to tell them that they can be delivered, if we want to tell people that they can be pure and holy as God is holy, as Christ is holy, then you know what, brothers and sisters, our lives need to be that same. The Bible warns us about judging our brothers and sisters when we ourselves have things we are struggling with. Are you set apart? Are you living a life that is holy? this world today we need to be sanctified consecrated even though the world around us may change We need to be governed by his word. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 23 says, Everything is permissible. Doesn't that kind of sound like the world we're living in, right? Everything is permissible. (laughs) 
but not everything is beneficial. We get so focused on freedoms, of freedom of choices that we don't even follow through thought, right? First Corinthians 10, 23 continues. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. And we talked about the fact that we are called to be a cornerstone, a building stone, right? To build upon the cornerstone, which is Jesus. Everything may be permissible, but not everything is constructive. Constructive in building us up and constructive in helping build up the kingdom of God. Verse 24 finishes, not a, Nobody should seek out his own good, but the good of others. We may believe. But the question I will ask you today is have you fully surrendered yourself and put aside things of the past? The old stuff, the old you things. The things that may hold you back, the things that may hinder you. things that may not be beneficial, the things that may not be constructive for the building up of the kingdom of the Lord. People may have noticed a change in you when you were saved, but I tell you this, brothers and sisters, if you dedicate your lives to being holy, the change that they will remark in you will be on an even larger, significant scale. We believe that it is the privilege of all believers to be fully sanctified, to be consecrated, to be set apart. just to be saved, not just to have grace and mercy from God from our sins. But to be someone new and different. Someone called to be living the destiny God has for us. their whole spirit and soul and body may be preserved blameless. The blood of Christ has washed us clean. But we've said it before, we continue to sin, don't we? Holiness, consecration, sanctification is making that decision to try to live your life pleasing to God, and in doing so, you have become dead to sin. The temptations that you face are going to be easier to overcome. Because you're not doing it on your own power. And hear me when I'm saying this, temptations are not going to cease. 
your life is not going to get easy. It's probably going to get harder. I'm just saying that. Be aware. But your faith and your dedication to God, your willingness to be set apart, to be holy, to be purified. And let me tell you, have you ever really thought about how things are purified? Is purification ever really an easy process? No, it's not. It normally involves things that strip you down painfully, right? Often involves fire, hot water, right? Scalding hot water. You're going to find out how strong your faith is when you're in a purification process. But remember we said that, right? It's like tea. You steep it in some hot water and then you'll find out how strong it really is. In that purification process, you will be given an opportunity, let's phrase it that way, for your faith to grow. And the thing is, is when we lose sight of this, we never have to do it alone. We are not alone. Even in the fire. Have you ever thought it's interesting that we talk about regeneration of the Holy Spirit? We talk about the Holy Spirit as a helper. But a lot of times when we think about the Holy Spirit, especially in Pentecost, it was symbolized by what? Fire, right? We sang a song earlier. We're going to sing it a little later, right? Send the fire. Purify me. Consecrate me for your will. It's the reason we need to be wholly surrendered dead to our former selves. And so we're going to take this time in prayer. And as it plays, the altar is available. If you want to come and commune closer with the Lord, you can do so in your seats. If you would like us to pray for you, it's a decision. It's beyond the decision you've made by asking Christ into your hearts to forgive you for your sins. It's a second one. When you decide, do you know what? You can have all there is of me, Lord. Whatever there is. Not many of us. I don't think there's any of us who are 15 like Billy Booth was, right? We have more talents that he can use, that he can avail. We have gifts. If he was able to use William Booth and start working and build up the army, what can he do with you? And are you willing to allow him to use you? To change you? Completely surrender.
surrender yourself to Him. time and anywhere, that you give us the strength from you, the strength that is needed to be set apart. To be holy, Lord, unto you. To serve you. We ask that you be with us. Help us, Lord, to serve you. We ask these things. It's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen. All right. We are going to... sing this song again one more time. I'll invite you to stand and as we do, just make it a prayer, but make it an acclamation. Say the words, sing them like it was. 
sanctify us, purify us, that we may be preserved blameless until your return, Jesus. We pray that the Holy Spirit would come Be with us, dwell within us. We ask this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.